my only options were to either have it partially or fully amputated. It was definitely a huge adjustment from playing with 10 to nine fingers. <laughs> yeah. But I loved soccer so much and I wanted to just follow my dream of playing college soccer. That was Endicott College women's soccer goalkeeper Jackie Ruggiero, the guest on today's episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now... Here's your host, Matt Langone. Welcome to another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Today I'll be joined by Endicott College women's soccer goalkeeper, Jackie Ruggiero. Hey Jackie, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Before we get started, obviously we're, we're creeping into late December here, so uh, getting into that great time of year and you're coming off another great season for Endicott. How did your, uh, your this was your senior season, right? Yep, this is my senior season, right. yeah. How, how did it go? How, how do you feel like you played? How'd the team do? I thought this year's team was probably one of the best that I've ever played with throughout my career as a soccer player, just because all the girls were super close, like barely any conflicts. We all kind of got along and worked really hard, and the talent that we had was just phenomenal. Now, you're a, a very interesting story as a goalkeeper because you've had to kind of overcome some obstacles that can that can be challenging for a, a position that the only position on the field that's able to use your hands just just kind of <laughs> t take us through the challenge that you've dealt with as a goal well I was in a pretty bad accident in high school which caused me to have my right ring finger partially amputated so when it came to playing soccer it was definitely a huge adjustment from playing with 10 to nine fingers <laughs> yeah I've had to get my gloves, specially, not specially made, but I've had to tweak them a little bit so that I'd be able to wear them a little bit more. And my goalie coaches, thankfully, have been super wonderful about working with me and getting back into the net and really getting used to handling the ball with different grip. I mean, that's incredible to be a goalie and, and, and to overcome that obstacle. Walk us through the, the decision to, was it a necessity to have the finger amputated? Was that something that, in talking to doctors, that they thought was the best, the best thing for you? Was that your decision? What was kind of that went into that whole process? I had a couple of different options of what I would be able to do. Like they tried fusing my finger together, like at the middle joint, but that was just too painful and it just didn't stay. So really my only options were to either have it partially or fully amputated. So I got to talk to a couple of vets at the vet center that my dad knew who had amputated limbs and they just kind of basically told me, don't cut anything off that still works. So I went into my doctor's office a few days later and was just like, let's go ahead and do the partial amputation surgery. Wow. That, that's I, In talking to those, to those vets, I mean, how much that that must give you some great perspective on just on just how to go about doing things because I mean had you met a vet or or anybody else who had had a similar thing as you with with when it came to fingers or anything like that? Yeah, so the um, individual that I talked to, he was actually missing three of his fingers. Oh wow! And he was telling me a little bit about his story and how like everything that he had to go through with his treatment and all that kind of stuff. So 
he he was the one who basically said, don't cut anything off that still works because you know, like your hands are so important that you never know what you might need them for. So, right. So how old were you when you had this procedure? I was 17. 17. I mean, that's as a 17 year old, you're still, you're young. And the idea of having a, a finger partially amputated is is daunting. I would think for anybody, it must've been somewhat overwhelming for you to even think about that, that procedure. How, what was kind of your mindset at that point? as a 17 year old? Well, I've always been kind of strong headed. So <laughs> I, I feel like that kind of played into my favor a little bit, but leading up to it, I definitely had to think about it. It was probably a good month or so before I made the decision. I talked to a bunch of different people in my family and of course the veterans and all, like a bunch of different doctors about what they thought. But, you know, I just, I loved soccer so much to the point to where if I wanted to be able to play without it being excruciating pain every time. That was pretty much the only option that I had. And I wanted to just follow my dream of playing college soccer. So that's kind of what I went with. Now, had you always been a goalkeeper growing up or did you play in the field? What was kind of your, your development as a soccer player? So I started playing soccer when I was about five or six years old and I was playing goalie ever since then. So I've been a goalkeeper my whole college career. I mean, soccer career. I've only played field when we were desperate for subs. <laughs> now I definitely standing between the, the two pipes. That's where I belong. So, I mean, this was like your, your soccer livelihood was, was a, as a goalkeeper using your hands. So that's what makes this all the more incredible. It's not like this happened to you before you converted to being a goalkeeper. I mean, that that's what you knew. Did it scare you at all to think about what you would be like coming off the procedure as a goalkeeper? I mean, what was, do you remember the first time you saved a shot post-procedure? I actually do. It was, I was at goalie training and my, like I said, my goalie coaches were super good about working with me and like easing me back into the whole process of it all. And I remember we were working on breakaways that day and I just, I came out and I slid for a ball and it just didn't even, like the pain was gone. And I was just back. I knew I was right back where I needed to be in that moment. And right. It felt, it felt great. So it kind of proved to you at that point that this wasn't anything that needed to slow you down. It wasn't going to be pain-free and you just had to adjust to it and be fine with it. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Did, did it alter the way, obviously your dream was to play college soccer. Do you feel like that injury is something that would make college coaches nervous to recruit you? Did you feel like that altered your your recruiting process or your whole mindset of where you wanted to go? Were, were people nervous for you because of maybe you weren't nervous about the injury, but were people nervous about how you might handle being a college goalkeeper based on that injury? I wouldn't say nervous. I would say more so just curious as to how I would go about being a goalkeeper with only nine fingers. Right. I remember talking to my coach coming in as a freshman and she initially didn't even know that I only had nine fingers. It wasn't until I was recruited on the team that she found that out. Wow. So it was kind of a surprise to them. And then when I got in goal and started practicing, it was like they couldn't even tell that I was missing a finger. Right. Did, did any, when, when you got to Endicott, did any teammates notice at all or did it take them a while to notice too? Yeah. So the group of girls that I'm graduating with, there was six of us when I first met them, I, I waved, I said, hello. Right. They noticed it right away just because, yeah, I was like right in their face and they were a little questioning of be like, oh, she only has nine fingers. What can she really do? And then when they saw me play, they were like, yeah, she's, she knows what she's doing. Right. 
does it almost, I mean, does it function as almost more of a chip on your shoulder as a player and a goalkeeper too, because you had to overcome that? Maybe people see the injury and think, oh, how's this going to go? She has nine fingers. She, she's a goalkeeper. Is this going to be, this, this looks like it might be extra challenging for her. Does that, does it give you an extra chip on your shoulder to prove yourself to, to other teams and other players? Oh, definitely. I've, since I've had the surgery, I've had to work twice as hard in order to get as far as I've come with it. And I think because of that, my whole mindset is I have to continuously work harder to get to where I want to be. So it does really give me that chip on that shoulder in order to do better. Right. As a goalkeeper, how do you kind of see yourself? What are your biggest strengths at, just as a player on the field? I would say leadership, probably most likely just because of as a goalkeeper, we have to talk to the defensive line and let them know what's around them and can take control of the box and not be afraid. So definitely keeping a calm, cool, collected head and organizing my defensive line and motivating my teammates when we're down or keeping them focused when we're winning. Like that's definitely one of those qualities that's super important. Growing up in, we talked off the air, you, you grew up in California. Grow, growing up, did you play other sports or was soccer always kind of your, your passion? I played a couple of other sports when I was younger, but soccer was that one sport that just clicked with me. And I, I didn't want to be anywhere else except on that field. What was it about Endicott that, that drew you in or made you want to go there? So when I was looking at colleges, I knew I wanted to pursue nursing as a career. And there were only so many direct admit nursing programs that were around. And I was also looking at playing soccer. So it was kind of limiting at the choices that I had. But when I found Endicott, I knew it was the perfect fit for me. It's a great, I actually grew up in Beverly. So I know the, I know the campus really well. It's a great campus. It kind of, I mean, I'm not going to compare it to, to California, but it has those nice ocean views. I don't know if it's as nice as what you'll get in California, but. It's, it's as close as I'm ever going to get to the California beaches. So I love it. <laughs> now, now where are you from Huntington beach? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great area. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that the Beverly Beaches compare, but still, hey, we'll, we'll take it. Um, better than nothing. <laughs> true, that's true. You could be landlocked. New England's soccer journals, The Goal, will return after this. Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising. Soccerheads New England Comedy Fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer-themed comedy with Paul Nardizzi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Serious Radio Comedy and Jim Ruberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. 
Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to NESoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful. I know with COVID, everybody has an extra year of eligibility. Are you going to, will you take that or will you be, was this going to be your last year of soccer? Are you going to play another year at Endicott? Have you thought about that at all? Or I've kind of tossed around the idea of possibly doing a fifth year, but I think for the time being, I'd rather just focus on my career as a nurse going forward. Right, right. Let's talk about that that nursing career. Was that something that you always envisioned for yourself growing up or was this something that after your your accident and your recovery and your procedure was that something that after that you decided you wanted to get into i've always been fascinated by the, the medical world obviously my years of playing soccer i've gotten a couple injuries along the way so i was very familiar with the doctor's office but it was really my injury that kind of pushed me in this nursing direction only because the nurses that took care of me when i was at the hospital during my rehab all that kind of stuff they were really like super compassionate and encouraging and inspiring that I just want to be able to replicate that for somebody else. Do you see yourself going back to the West Coast professionally or would you want to stay on the East Coast or have you thought about that? I think I, I'm i definitely now a East Coast kind of person just because of the possibilities that are out here. I mean, the hospitals are undeniably the best. So yeah, definitely. I'd rather stay out here. Wow. That was a surprising answer. I thought you would have said West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let's talk about this season. You guys had, a, a, I think, finished 9-5-5 five, and five for the season. Yep. A strong record and, and a strong overall season. How do you feel like you performed individually this year? And how do you feel like over the course of your college career, in what ways have you kind of improved? And in, in, I'm, I'm guessing you've probably learned to to adapt to your situation better as years went on with, with, of, of having nine fingers. So I'm sure that that got better as, as years went on for you. Yeah, definitely. I think we had a great season this year, obviously not the result that we were looking for, but I couldn't be happier with the work that we put into it. My coaches have been super great about always pushing us to constantly try and do better. I remember when I first came in as a freshman and I saw how the college game was played, I realized it was a lot faster and much more there was a lot more communication that actually had to be involved in the game. So when I, whenever I came into practice, I kind of forced myself to work on getting faster, getting up quicker, talk, making that communication just a little bit sooner than I normally would. So I definitely think as my time here at Endicott for the program, I've definitely gotten, my improvement has been shown in the communication and the quickness of play. It's funny, I talk to people all the time and a lot of players growing up have that dream of, of playing Division I college soccer, but 
at this point in time, the, the levels of Division One, Division Two, and Division Three are, are can be very comparable. I mean, people don't realize the commitment and the talent you have to have to play at the Division Three level. Did you were you somebody growing up? Did you have that like Division One dream, or was it more just a college soccer dream for you? I think at first it was Division One, but as time went on, it was more so just playing college soccer in general because I was. At that point, I was I would have just been happy playing the game no matter where I was. Right. What What would you to to athletes in high school right now who are like weighing it and and thinking where they where they might best fit in? What What advice would you give to a, a player who's you know weighing Division three options? Maybe maybe wants that D one option, but the D three option is is also a great one for them. What 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 advice would you do to kind of sell how great that D three experience is for for players? Well. Here at Endicott, I feel like our coaches kind of replicated what a D1 program would look like. So they're really, to me, it wasn't really that big of a difference mm. in a D1 to a D3 program, just in the matter of the goals that we have going forward in every season. I think another part of it would be the fact that here at Endicott, we were very camaraderie and very together and everything we did was always in the benefit of the team and that atmosphere of just being surrounded by genuine good people was phenomenal and just the fact that I got the opportunity to play and never had to worry about earning my spot more or less and fighting with the roster of 50 plus kids versus 20 to 30 it's more compact and just the team atmosphere is I can't speak highly enough about it right right is that something that when you when you move on from Endicott is that gonna be one of the things you miss most about the experience just being around those teammates yeah, I, it's funny because I've talked to a couple of the girls that have graduated before me and they always talk about how they don't really remember certain aspects of practices or games, but they always remember the bus rides going to and from the games yeah. or the team bonding stuff that we did outside of practice. It's that closeness of being like with the second family, that's what they miss the most. Are there any other players from California that were on the roster? There was one one teammate that I had who was from California, but she graduated last year. That, I think that also speaks volumes of, of the way Division three institutions have changed, too. Gro I, when I was growing up, I feel like it was a lot of times like geographical. Like if you grew up in New England, you were mm -hmm. likely to attend a school in New England. But I think there's, we've really seen a shift where someone like you can be grow up across the country and end up in a, in a Division three school in New England. I mean, I think that's a pretty cool thing. And I think it's done wonders for the way teams have been formed, too. Yeah, definitely. Is there a game or a, a moment during your time in Endicott that sticks out more than others? Ooh, I would say when we were playing UNE in our regular conference schedule, we were going up to UNE to play them, and I could that whole bus ride up, everyone was just so fired up. We were ready to go. We stepped foot on the field. The energy that you could feel from the girls on the field and on the sidelines, it was just, it felt to me, the closest I would ever get to like a World Cup type of experience, just that energy level was, that is something that I will always remember. Right. Those, those, and how long of a bus ride was that? Like, uh, that's up in Maine, right? Yeah, that was about an hour and a half, hour 45. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever, did you mind, are you someone who, who was always kind of into those bus rides? Do you mind a long bus ride or are you, are you cool with it? I actually enjoy the long bus rides. It gives everyone a chance to, either take a quick little cat nap, catch up on sleep, or 
just gives us a chance to play some music and get people ready to go for the game. It's I think the bus rides are kind of an underrated team bonding experience that you can't really replicate any anywhere else. Right. I, I was going to say, do you have any any pregame superstitions? Is there a meal you like to have or something you like to eat or, or music you like to listen to? I have a pregame playlist that I would always listen to. But what do we got? The, for, what do we got for some songs on there? No, there's a lot of a lot of ACDC. Nice. Metallica and all that. Stuff. Wow, you like you're the hard rock, huh? I like it. But I would say like one superstition or tradition that I always did whenever I got ready was I would always put my socks and my cleats on in a certain order. Where does the uh, where does the ACDC and Metallica love? Because that's something you just grew up listening to, or is that something you came to later in life? That'd be from my dad. He would always he would always play it whenever I would. Uh, he would take me to my soccer tournaments growing up as a kid. Nice. He'd try, he'd try and get me fired up. So ever since then. I've been- <laughs> Those are just my go-to bands. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Not what I was expecting to hear. That's great. <laughs> Before your time, those bands. Is, is that in line? Were there other other players on the team that listened to sim- similar type of music? Were you guys all into different types of music? I mean, or, or was there any, any other Metallica and ACDC fans on the team? Maybe like one or two other <laughs> girls would listen to them, but probably not as much as I did. But we always have like designated DJs for the team of what kind of playlist they would play on the speaker and either in the locker room or on the bus ride that kind of incorporates everyone's own music styles. Right, right. What was what was like the? I'm I'm assuming you you must have played club soccer growing up, right? Yeah. What what was the the club landscape like in in California? I, I assume it must have been pretty competitive. Oh, definitely. There was a lot of traveling involved. I remember going either like up to Northern California. And staying in Southern California, just the competitive level was so high that everyone was just working super hard all the time. Right. How old were you when you started playing club? I was around seven or eight years old. Wow. Yeah. So you got so you got into it young, obviously. Did did you ever fear burning out, or, or was did you feel like throughout the, your whole upbringing that you you just loved soccer enough that you weren't going to burn out on it? There were definitely a couple of times, probably when I was around like middle school, where I was. I would always get a little annoyed when my friends wanted to hang out after school. And be like, oh, I have soccer practice. Like, I can't go. But the second I got to practice, I was always so excited just to be there that it didn't really matter. That's awesome. I, I got to ask you a couple things about Beverly because because I grew up there, obviously. Have you had Nick's Roast Beef? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a favorite. Is that now they don't have they don't have roast beef sandwiches out like that out in California, though, right? No, so that's probably why I like the East Coast now. Cause yeah. See, that's an institution in Beverly. And I feel like I always wondered, like, is it just because I grew up there that we grew up loving it? But everybody I talk to that comes to the area and, like, tries it out loves it. So they, they speak highly of it. Yeah, it's great. What's If you guys order pizza on campus, what's the go-to? Probably Pride's Pizza. Oh, real? oh, oh out in Beverly Farms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because... We got, we use the flex dollars, so it feels like we're not actually spending real money. <laughs> have you, uh, have you guys gone out to Salem on around Halloween at all? A couple of my friends have. I've always kind of stayed away just because of how crazy it usually gets around Halloween. But yeah. they always talk about how like they always see people walking around in costumes and the tourists coming and it's just, it's a great experience, but I don't think I would ever be able to go on actual Halloween, it would just be too hectic for me. Yeah, I, th- I think this year actually they were they were flat out telling people like, don't come in unless you're taking yeah. a train. Like, do not do not bother driving in because it's going to be a disaster. It yeah. it is. It's an absolute disaster. How about sports teams? Who did you grow up rooting for? Well, my dad grew up out here in Boston, so I'm a diehard Patriots. Oh, fan. so he's he's from Boston. I didn't I didn't realize yeah. that. Nice. Yeah, so I'm, 
I'm a New England teams kind of girl, so. Nice, nice. Celtics too, do you follow basketball at all? Yep. Nice, awesome. So where do you, five years down the road, where, where do you kind of hope to be? What do you kind of hope? I know you, meant, you mentioned nursing, but what's kind of the, the, the life plan for you? What do you, think, what do you think would be great for you five years from now? Ah, oh, geez. Definitely working, so hopefully at a hospital in Boston. But I would like to do a little side gig of goalie coaching because my, my younger cousin, she, she's a goalie too. So I kind of trained her in the summer whenever I'm home from school. So I'm hoping I can kind of progress that and get a couple more kids. Yeah, that was that was kind of like my leading question. I was curious if you've if you've thought about coaching at all, because I would think you would have an interesting perspective as, of someone. I mean, I, I always think goalies have an interesting perspective because they see the field better than mm-hmm. anyone else. But just what you've kind of gone through, I feel like that would translate well to coaching. Is that something you've thought about as well? Or Definitely. Yeah, I would love to be able to coach one day just to kind of stay within the soccer world. Well, hey, I appreciate the time today, Jackie. It was, it was great to talk to you and, and your great story and obviously a phenomenal season for you and the Endicott team this year. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks again to Jackie Ruggiero for joining the podcast. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by David Yaz and is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.